This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Soulfully Casual. Uh, I missed Monday's episode. I wasn't feeling well over the weekend and just didn't really put the time into recording something for Monday, so I do apologize about that. Um, But thank you for tuning back in. Old listeners and new, I'm happy to have everybody. Um, There's something that people who know me, uh, you know, who are listening know about me. It's that I'm a huge sneaker fan. Uh, Some have called me a sneaker addict, and I think that's fair. In my episode from last Friday, I talked about some of my top favorite things. And one of the things I listed in there was a feel of a brand new pair of shoes and the smell of a pair of shoes. And that is true. It's one of my favorite things. It's just great to open up something brand new that looks good, the feels of it, the smells of it, everything. Uh, But I thought about it and I was like, well, I've I've mentioned that a few times. And I did an episode on uh, hype beasts and hype in general. But I thought maybe I'll do a little bit of a talk about the sneaker culture in general, you know, the sneaker market and some different things, because I generally uh, tend to enjoy sneaker culture, I think, a little bit differently than most of what you'd see in the mainstream. I think if you are somebody who is at least somewhat aware of sneakers within pop culture and just, you know, main culture in general, you've probably seen celebrities, rappers mostly, sports athletes, a lot of basketball players, football players, things like that, who, you know, are wearing these things to different events or showing them off on Instagram or whatever. Um, And there's a lot of people in this country and all over the world internationally who also collect sneakers and who love sneakers. But there's some interesting sort of facts about the sneaker market as it exists today and sort of the history of how everything has come about. Um, I would say that sneaker culture was really born probably when Michael Jordan, uh, you know, signed his deal with Nike. And I know a lot of people may say that that's not true because sneakers have been around for a long time. I think most of you probably would have heard them as tennis shoes prior to that, you know, that sort of landmark in time. But when Michael Jordan signed with Nike and they created the first ever Air Jordan, it was one of the most different things that you'd ever seen on the basketball court. If you look at footage back from his rookie year and you just look at everybody's shoes, you'd see a lot of people in the same sort of sneaker. And then you'd see Michael Jordan's, that first Air Jordan, which is now called the Air Jordan 1 in a series of what has been 35 different silhouettes to this point, it stood out. It was called um, the Chicago Colors, red, black, white. It's an iconic shoe. It's probably a shoe that every single person who owns uh, sneakers or who loves sneakers wants to have in their collection. It's that big. I mean, it it probably was a huge turning point. Now, fast forward to today, and there are just tons of sneakers on the market. You can go anywhere that you want, Dick's, you know, anywhere, and you could find any type of sneakers for any different sort of sport, any different type of activity. I mean, they have boat shoes, boat sneakers, tennis shoes, which are actually for tennis, so many different types of running shoes, and as a runner, I know that that, you know, uh, group of people can be very picky about those. I know I was. And there's just sneakers galore. But then there's also sneakers. It's like there's two different places. And the fashionable sneaker world, and I'm talking about folks who are collecting Air Jordans, folks who are wearing a lot of Nikes. There's tons of silhouettes that I could be naming. Adidas with their Yeezy line. Those people are wearing it for fashion statements, and they're also wearing it for sort of a currency. And I think that that idea of using a a material object as currency is interesting. 
but it actually gets even more interesting when you look at the sneaker market. So if I can give you a little bit of what it's like today, if I'm somebody, and I am, who is interested in buying sneakers, uh, basically every single week and mostly on the weekends, there is some type of sneaker release that is taking place. Uh, Nike and Adidas both have their own apps that are dedicated to sneaker releases and a lot of the quote-unquote hype releases they release on those particular apps. Yes, you can go to Nike.com or you can walk into a Nike store and get things that are available uh, you know, on a larger scale, but for these more exclusive items, they really have their own specific drops. And then on an even smaller scale, Nike creates shoes, and let's use the um, their skateboarding brand, Nike SB. They create a whole bunch of shoes that go specifically to skate shops. So now you're taking something that's available online and making it something that's available in store, but at a very small store. Like if you think about a skate shop or even like a bike shop, you know, those places are not made to house tons and tons of people and tons and tons of inventory. My Nike stocks have gone up like significantly in value because people are less likely to go into a store and they're going to shop online. Not to mention the sort of emotional attachment that people have now as they've been stuck indoors for the most part. Some people haven't seen friends, family for a really long time. So what do we do? Naturally, we put our emotions into something else. For some people, it's food, and a lot of people talked about weight gain during the pandemic. For a lot of people, it's what we would casually call retail therapy. So now you have a whole bunch of people who maybe weren't into sneakers or maybe weren't into it the way that a lot of people are, and now you know they're stuck inside or they're, you know, their lives are much more limited, their bubbles are small, so they're looking to something to sort of satiate this you know, lost uh, emotion that they're having or this lost feeling of satisfaction. And so they go to the sneaker market. And this is kind of how it plays out now. So Saturday at 10 a.m. is traditionally when a lot of sneaker releases happen, specifically with Nike and Jordan brand. But now if you want to go there, you wait until 10 o'clock and you're sitting there with your phone like many Americans are, or actually internationally too, and you're waiting for that 10 a.m. mark to happen. And then it happens. And almost within a minute, maybe two minutes, the shoes sell out. Either the app crashes, the website crashes, or they just plain sell out and you don't get them. And I can't tell you how frequently this happens. This happens all the time. And as a consumer, with something that doesn't seem like it should have this kind of demand, and as an economics major in college, I understand the idea of supply and demand. And in this case, these companies are sort of uh, purposefully creating less stock to drive demand way up so that they can you know, clearly sell these things out. I think there's a missed opportunity there, and I'll get to that a little bit later. So. For me, for about a year and a half, you know, I would keep unsuccessfully trying to get these drops and not just in store. I mean, going to stores now feels archaic to me. Like I don't find myself at nearly 40 years old wanting to camp outside of a, a brick and mortar store in order to get a shoe. That to me seems ridiculous. And then of course there's the sort of irony about the fact that uh, I own 40 pairs of shoes and yet I find sitting outside of a brick and mortar store to go get one ridiculous, but that's a, that's a different thing and we can discuss that later. So now there's a whole bunch of people, we're talking tens of, of thousands, millions of people who are looking to get these shoes and can't get them. And that has driven people mad to the point there now they have created these um, you know aftermarket resale places. Well, what, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, eBay was that place. Most people would go to eBay to try to find something they were looking for. 
then the advent of Craigslist came along and you could pretty much go to these types of uh, you know online marketplaces and to, to get what you were looking for. It's a little bit different with shoes now. I mean, you can go there, you can go to eBay, you can go to Craigslist, and you can go to other sites such as Poshmark and Mercari, which are used to sell used goods and other goods of, of that type online. But there's an authenticity issue at stake there. So what a lot of people in the sneaker world and smart um, you know, capitalists did is they created these sites for basically bidding war on sneakers specifically. And they're called StockX and GOAT. And basically, if you are somebody who has a um, unused, so it's called dead stock, which means it's never been put on a foot, a pair of shoes, you can sell it uh, on these marketplaces for whatever the current market value is. And how that works is pretty traditional economics. That shoe is worth whatever people are willing to pay for it. So a lot of shoes that are retailing at 100, 120, as much as $200, in some cases are going for $1,700, $2,000, things like that. And it's pricing a lot of people out of the market. I also would say that it's causing a lot of people to spend money on something, sneakers, that they normally wouldn't or shouldn't because a lot of people in the sneaker game, and there's countless stories on social media and other places of people who are foregoing rent, foregoing child support payments, things like that, in order to get the shoes that they want. And there's somebody like me who is not willing to go to that length, sure. I want shoes and I want shoes that I feel good in, but I feel like there is a line. And uh, I kind of found another avenue to do that. And if you are a uh, tried and true retail sneakerhead, um, I wouldn't you know, be surprised if you turn this off and I wouldn't be offended either. I understand that and I kind of feel like everybody has to do their thing. But within this frustration, I felt to myself, I don't understand why it is that these companies can't make enough for everybody to eat. Now I understand that they can't make endless and endless and endless supplies. And it just doesn't happen that way. I mean, there wouldn't be an exclusivity factor if that were the case. When you go into a store and you get the uh, general releases that are out there. So if you're going and you're in the market for a new pair of running shoes, walking shoes, Sperry's, whatever it is, and you go into the store to find them, they generally have a lot of stock in them, unless it's something that has been discontinued or something like that. And they make a lot of those because the demand is high. You know, it's sort of a, a general use shoe uh, and, you know, it's something that they make more stock of. But when there's a collaboration and what that is, is usually when some type of a like, you know, boutique or a rapper, celebrity or whatever designs some kind of a shoe, they don't make as many of them. And those do not get released the same way that a lot of the others do. So if I want to go get a pair of just Nike running shoes, I have a lot of choices there. But if I want... For example, the Travis Scott shoe that came out, you know, he's come out with many of them. That's a very exclusive shoe and I can only get it a certain, you know, a certain amount of ways and they don't make that many of them. So there's a lot of people who say, well, that's just the way that it works. But it's not just the demand that you're fighting. You're also fighting computers. People who specifically make what are called bots, who are almost like 800 people with the same credit card number, you know, same the same information, but with like 800 credit card numbers or something like that. And those people jump the line because most of these websites that are trying to handle this don't have any protection against that. So I, the manual consumer, the single consumer, have essentially no chance when I'm looking to buy something. And you're even seeing this in some other cases too. And I remember laughing because on the Today Show, Al Roker was uh, talking about getting the vaccine and what he had to go through over a weekend 
by constantly refreshing and clicking and refreshing the website in New York, uh, New York City. And I just said, welcome to sneaker culture, Al, because that's what we go through all the time. But I got to thinking, why is it that I can't have what I want? What is it about this market that is so, you know, it denies so many people. It's, it, you know, for sneakers, for me, one of the things I love about it is it's so inclusive. But then when you're trying to get things, it's exclusive. So many people are just looking to make a quick buck and turn things around. And yes, that's capitalism. So anybody who does that, that's fine. But what it's causing is sort of, as a friend of mine put it, it's sort of glorifying scalping. And it's at the expense of the consumer. So somebody once said to me, well, this is a free market and I can do what I want. And I said, yes, that's correct. And it's also a free market for me too, because I can spend my money how I'd like. And I accidentally on Reddit discovered what are called, what's called the replica sneaker subreddit. Uh, and what is that? So if there's anybody listening, who's ever been to New York city, uh, and you've probably been approached by somebody who's trying to sell you a Rolex, some kind of a bag, things like that. Those are counterfeit goods. And I think we all know that. We jokingly call them Folexes because they're fake. And we think of them as kind of like the Bobo brand. They're, you know, a tier or six below what we know the real thing is. And you know what? That was actually true maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's not that true anymore. And what I found on this subreddit when I, you know, basically stalked it for a few months was that there were these factories in China, these sellers in China, who were making the same goods as Nike. Yes, it's illegal. It's illegal to make it in China. In the United States, it is not illegal for me to purchase them for personal goods. I just want to put that out there. It is, however, illegal to purchase them and then sell them as authentic goods here in the United States. So if you're listening and you're getting the idea of doing that, please turn this off now. I do not condone that. We'll never condone that. I buy solely to wear, and that's all. But anyway, so... I started looking into it and started doing research and basically every shoe that I had wanted that I could not get on these drop days was available to me and for less than the retail price. And I was just blown away. But I, at the time, had the same idea that these you know, Bobo shoes or Fugazi or whatever word you want to use were significantly less quality than what you could get on the market. So I decided to test it. I had a shoe that I've always wanted and you know I, I found that there was a really good what they call batch of them but i wasn't sure exactly what the quality was going to be the price was a lot more friendly than the thousand dollars that it was going to cost to get it in my size and i knew i would never pay that so i decided to pull the trigger 120 dollars and a couple weeks worth of shipping from china later and the shoe shows up at my doorstep my perceptions of the sneaker world were completely changed forever this not only didn't feel cheap it didn't feel less than it felt the same. I didn't have a pair of the real things or the authentic pair to compare to, but I compared it to a lot of the shoes that I had that I know were authentic because I bought them at say like Champ Sports and the quality of them was on par, if not better than the ones that I was buying at retail price. Blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind. And I was like, okay, this is actually a really good avenue for me because now I can buy the shoes that I want. And you know what? It isn't because I want people to notice that I have them. It's because I, as a consumer, feel that I shouldn't be locked out of having them, priced out of having them. This isn't some luxury boat or some house you know, that I can't afford that's way above my price range. This is something that I can't afford that the exclusivity and the purposeful lack of uh, supply have caused the market to be just out of control for it. 
it's basically whatever the stupidest person is willing to pay for it now there are a lot of people with disposable income who can waste that kind of money and that's fine but there's a lot of people who don't have it who drive that market up and it, it prices me out quite frankly so now i've discovered replica shoes and it's just the craziest thing so i decided to order another pair and that pair came and again blown away by the quality just the materials everything it's exactly the way that it should look and what I have come to find out is what used to be the case where these things looked like something you'd find at a flea market, the flaws on them are completely negligible in person. We're talking about a stitching in the wrong place here, the Nike swoosh being a little bit too short here, but when you're looking at it on feet, when somebody walks by you with it, you would have no idea unless you actually knew what to look for. And 2020 was basically the year of, of replica sneakers for me. I had access to everything I ever wanted and it's made things so much better. Because let me just tell you something about me. I jokingly say that my fashion sense is called Kirkland chic because I generally tend to buy a lot of clothes at Costco. I'm not a really flashy person by design. I'm not somebody who wants to be loud in many different ways. I don't wear loud clothing. I don't have you know, a loud uh, haircut or something like that. But one thing that does stand out about me are, is my footwear. I love wearing sneakers because I love the pop, that it, the accent that it creates. And I just love how they make me feel. Sneakers are art. There's an, there's an artistic and creative element to them that is just so fascinating. And when I see how something was put together, the care in which something was put together, the design of it, it just fascinates me. And so I love being able to put something on my feet that I feel good in. A, a byproduct of that is when somebody says, hey, I love what you have on your feet. And it doesn't happen too often because there's a lot of sneakerheads out in the United States but you rarely see any of them in the wild unless you're living in some place in which is really hyped. New York City, Los Angeles, places like that. But here in rural northern Virginia, I rarely ever see anybody else in heat. So when I think about replica sneakers, a lot of times what ends up happening is you have two camps. You have the people who are willing to do it, people who are not willing to do it. The people who are not willing to do it are kind of subdivided into the people who don't care. They just want to buy only authentic. Then there's the people that judge. There's the people that want to call out everybody's shoes for being fake because they believe that there's no way that somebody could get the real thing. And a lot of times that it actually is the real thing or it is a fake, but they don't actually know it's a fake. They have no idea how to tell whether it's a fake. And it got me to thinking about this idea of authenticity, but also things in our lives that we use as a currency. Because for a lot of people, having the hype shoes is a currency and they will do anything they can to have it. And that includes people who buy replicas and people who buy retails. But it got me to this idea of authenticity, like what is authenticity? Because one of the best, or one of the most heard phrases of people are, fake shoes are for fake people. And I actually don't believe that. I actually believe it's the other way around. I think somebody who has to have or be noticed for the real thing is somebody who isn't authentic at all, right? somebody that's not genuine they're looking to get some kind of a um, you know points brownie points from you by you knowing that they have the authentic thing and that's just not the way that i am it's just an interesting thing because there are so many people that i know who buy replicas wear replicas that i've met through this market through social media and everything and one of the people that i want to bring on this show is somebody who i've become you know very good friends with uh because of replica sneakers we met you know through reddit and you know, and we text almost every day. 
And those people are some of the most genuine and authentic people I've ever met. And a lot of the people that aren't genuine authentic are the people that I meet at SneakerCon. They're the people that I meet who you know, are buying and selling on StockX because they just want to make as much money as possible. They're not in it for the culture. They're not in it because they want to feel good. They're in it for many reasons that I just don't you know, align with. And I, I think about myself. One of the things I've always strived for in life is to be as genuine as possible. I want people to know that what you see is what you get, the good and the bad, because there's always going to be something that somebody doesn't like about me. There's always going to be something that I want to improve about myself. But I want you to feel like you're getting the real me, the genuine me, the authentic me. And to me, that is not defined by me wearing something that I know has come out of a Nike factory. What does make me genuine authentic is being able to wear the shoes that make me feel good because now when I go out and interact with you, I feel good about myself. I feel like the real me and you don't have to worry about, you know, caring about my shoes at all. I actually don't care. Like if I never get a compliment about the shoes that I wear, I go to bed sleeping pretty well at night. But it's nice to be able to connect with somebody through shoes. It's nice to be able to see somebody who has something that either I have or want and say, man, those are fresh. You know, those, you know, th those are just, those are hot. And it makes people's day sometimes. That's a genuine interaction. That's a genuine and authentic, you know, connection that you make with from one person to another. And that's what we need a lot more of. We need a lot more people being genuine, authentic. And I think to myself, what are some things that maybe you have in your life that is something that you know other people use for currency? A lot of times it's how big our house is, where we live, where do we work, how much money do we make? Here's a big one, the kind of car we drive. There's a lot of people who feel their identity is sort of staked on the fact that they drive some type of a car. Now, there's a lot of people who want to drive a nice car because they just want to drive a damn nice car. And that's cool with me. But there are people, I think you know these people, but think about it in your life. What's something that maybe you have started using and you don't even realize it, that you're looking to get some type of a currency or street cred with? Is it your life on social media that you're portraying? Is it your car? Is it your shoes? Whatever it is. And try to make that into a positive. Like try to make it something that you don't need the currency from somebody else. You need it coming from inside. And that's the way that I do it. The sneaker game is a lot of fun. There's a lot of toxicity in it. And the fact that I have found this replica sneaker family we call ourselves is awesome for me because I have the access, uh, I've made friends, and I get to feel good at, about myself at the same time. And that's all that really matters. So um, one of the things I didn't mention earlier is connection. Like I said, I've connected with a lot of people through replica sneakers. I want to connect with people through this show. And I've mentioned them before, but I'll you know say it again. The email is soulfully.casual at gmail.com. The Instagram is Soulfully Casual Podcast, and now you're going to be seeing my content plus other content on www.mattyicemedia.com. There you can find my show, you can find Political Football, which I co-host, you can find The Manual, which I've mentioned by my friend Cleveland, and a lot of other content that we're going to start putting out there. So go to that website, check it out. It's where I'm going to start to collect some you know, people's content, other creators like myself, and I want to feature it there in a one-stop shop so you can pick some menu items and kind of find some things you're looking for. So thank you for tuning in again. Uh, this is the Soulfully Casual Podcast. I'm Matty Ice, and I will see you down the road.